three, two, one. Welcome back to week two of the MLS season. We are now through week two of the MLS season. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my good friend, my co-host, the Emmy Award winner, Trippin' B. How are you today, sir? I'm hurt, dog. I'm uh, I'm struggling. It's, it's, been a, a, it's been a rough, rough start weekend. to the season. Yeah, without Arsenal, I'd be in big trouble this weekend. Arsenal was my only joy, but Charlotte FC pretty much destroyed me. You can hear probably my, the hoarseness in my voice. I scream my head off at a watch party and watched our team go down in defeat sucked yeah tough game sorry tough to, game. <laughs> sorry to start the show on such a downer my bad well i mean you know a bunch of a bunch of crazy like just weird things that happened in that game so i don't i don't know that it's like a sign of things to come per se for charlotte uh i think it was just kind of one of those games where just your the bounces just don't go your way and that just happens sometimes Tough to take, you know, tough to take that one off the chin. Obviously, going on the road as well to start a brand new stadium is tough to do. But I I don't know that it's panic mode yet for Charlotte, if that makes you feel better, at least in my opinion. Uh, you can't panic after two games, but I was in SO5 Dreamland for a minute there because I had the uh, Swiderski to Kopeti Wombo mm. Combo goal in one of my lineups. I, I you know, I have the Carroll unique. I have the I have Carroll at every scarcity. So that was great. It's like a, his unique, it was like a minus 40 point uh, penalty. Like when he gave up the, uh, when he had the PK conceded on the handball uh, yeah. for, for the, the unique card, it was like minus 40 points. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like 40 points short of a reward. Imagine that. So uh, mm. unfortunate. I, I uh, feel like I would have been in there at least with a shout uh, to try to win a few prizes, but another bad game week. The second MLS not going great for me so far. I haven't really had good results in the first two game weeks, but I'm hoping to turn it around. And uh, things look a little better on your end, I hope, right? Yeah, I mean, I think last year I was in your position where I was so excited for the year, thought my teams would be so good, and then just absolutely hit a wall. Like the first five weeks, I didn't win anything. Uh, this year has been significantly better. I feel like I'm getting legitimately, I feel like I'm getting better at this game. Like, I feel like wow. I have some good idea of like which which of my lineups are actually going to do well and which ones are not. And it's not as much of a, oh, I didn't think that that guy was going to put up a 30 this week. Or, oh, I didn't think he was going to get a 70 this week. Like, I, I legitimately, like, am starting to understand how big home and away is. I'm starting to understand some of the matchup, like, intricacies, I guess. Um, and so our data is fantastic. Like, their lineup builder is absolutely fantastic about knowing, like, you know, who's on suspension, who's who's hurt, who's doing all this stuff. It's hard to keep up with a gallery of 200 people, and it makes it a lot easier to do that when, you know, SORA data comes through, and then you you factor in all the home and away stuff. And I feel like my lineups are actually doing pretty well. We had a, we had a great Saturday. It, today, Sunday, has not been nearly as good. Uh, our U23 team had about 290 points out of three guys, and we are not going to finish with a reward after the last two guys played, which is uh, which is a rough one for sure. We that were, is not, yeah, that is we, not dreamland. We were all. looking at the top of the table, and we are not even on the table at this point. So tough one there. But the uh, the cap 240 leagues going great. Um, obviously prioritizing those because that's just my style. Um, picking up the rare and the limited, and looks like we're gonna hold a tier one, probably limited, and a tier two rare, which is a phenomenal for uh from the capped lineups there. So you love to see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I think MLS so far has kind of been what I expected. I mean, a few surprises. Um, and I think here at the end, we'll kind of get into you know, three. I think we talked about like three bold predictions that I didn't believe 10 days ago, right? Like th three things that I've changed my mind about. Um, so definitely wait till the end uh, to kind of hear what both of us have to say about that. Um, but I think so far, things kind of going the way that I kind of kind of thought they would so far in, in general, you know. It's good to hear. It's it's fantastic to hear. That's, hopefully you'll be able to use some of that knowledge to uh, translate to the listeners. I think uh, the one thing 
you say, you know, you feel like you're getting good at the game. I, I, w- I wish I could see the training montage, you know, the Rocky four style training montage of you just, you know, clicking the mouse, you know, digging into the matchups, scrolling down, zoom in on the, the matchup rating scores on so rare data, you know, like, you know, housing a coffee or a, or a diet Coke or a freaking uh, a bottle of wine or something. And <laughs> just, <laughs> just going nuts. It sounds like it, it would be a great, great uh, cinema. Yeah, most of it's done at work. So, you know, would would probably not be great to film it there. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm getting good at the game. I think I'm getting better at the game. Two totally different things. <laughs> I don't think I'm good at this game. I'm actually very bad at this game, but I'm getting better, which is the which is the good thing. <laughs> um, so let's go through a few of these games. Uh, I know I, we both watched a few games uh, over the over this weekend um let's talk lafc portland so lafc jumps all over portland three two um but mm-hmm. portland did kind of come back there towards <laughs> the end um was just just kind of what you're expecting from lafc did did evander kind of impress you a little bit more than than what you had what evander you saw from him the first game yeah evander was great i wish i had one i wish i wish i'd had the money to buy a little mini dip when he was kind of bad in the first game but i didn't but yeah he he was awesome he he pretty much has taken on that team i actually think Portland got a little shell shocked in the first half and mm-hmm. I did watch this game start to finish and the it was just a banner day for LAFC. I mean they literally they unveiled their their banners uh for MLS Cup champions and they all got their rings and it was just like this huge ceremony at the start of the day that really just like the whole the 3252 was going nuts. Like everyone yeah. was just wild. Like it would have it was like Bank of California Stadium is a pretty hostile environment for visiting teams anyway. Portland had a nearly impossible task in front of them, I felt. And they kind of were shell-shocked in the early goings. They they couldn't handle set pieces. They gave up a goal off a corner yeah. kick. They gave up a penalty off a corner kick that became a goal. And then they gave up another goal that was uh, ruled out off a corner. Like, they were just, like, really bad on set pieces. And then they kind of got their legs under them, started figuring a few things out. And they started to play a lot better. And they almost fought all the way back. They got that second goal. With, with you know, 10 minutes left that made it interesting. And that was something that, unfortunately, later in the night, Charlotte FC could not do. My, uh, and, you know, if you're listening, not to, it's not a, I, I do host a Charlotte FC podcast that's not really so rare related, but it's just strictly uh, devoted to Charlotte FC. And our, our, uh, our podcast hosted like a watch party at a local bar, had a bunch of friends, just, like, you know, a few dozen people, great time, had awesome time. At the first 30 minutes, we were loving life when we were up one nail. Hmm. But then we, bunch of nonsense started happening and gave up like three really ridiculously soft goals like none of them should have happened they all did happen just the way it is but then we had in like this in like the 80th minute there was this beautiful cross from Kerwin Vargas uh to Nuno Santos to the subs who came in late and Santos had this diving header in the box and if he just goes either side of Roman Berkey it's like a smashing grab like all yeah. the, it's like it's like a rocket into into the corner but uh but unfortunately he went right at Berkey Berkey saved it we couldn't get that second goal to make it a game and it was a depressing night for everyone in Charlotte FC land shout out to St. Louis you mentioned the uh uh the things we're surprised about I I wouldn't be surprised if if uh something St. Louis related ends up on one of our lists here at the end of the episode for sure interesting a little tease there a little tease uh, that's what we call it little, in the business. little tease little yeah. tease uh, yeah, I think I think kind of going back to LAFC and, and talking about St. Louis, like two, almost like you don't even worry about it if you're Portland or Charlotte because you're going into an environment where they're unveiling a banner and you know it's the first game ever at the stadium. Like those are just games that you just aren't gonna win. You know, <laughs> like it's just if Tough, you get yeah. anything out of it, you're just happy. Um, whereas you, you kind of understand, you know, what's happening at, at the time when it, when it's going on. Um, and I, I think you can kind of write some excuses there for those two teams. Um, Portland, you, you mentioned the first half, they looked very shell shocked to me. And you mentioned the set piece defending, which was the thing I was going to bring up. This is what scares me about this Portland team is I don't know that they have the defensive chops to really, to really dominate this league. Um, you look at the really, really good teams in the league. And even LAFC last year, Philadelphia last year, they're typically at least solid in the back and they don't really give up a ton on set pieces. I don't really see that from Portland. So that's one thing that scares me a bit. But Evander does get going, which is very important for them. Um, they'll 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 need production, right? If they can't stop stop oh, goals yeah. from going in, they'll have to score some. So I need, uh, it's good to be I a fun so team rare. to watch. I need so rare to launch the uh 
free MLS game, the draft mode, so I can get Evander in one of my teams, even if it's just a comp. Yeah. Like, I hate not having this guy. He was really fun to watch. Uh, it was cool that they got the showcase game, even though it was a tough environment. And he's going to – there's kind of this been this overriding, like, who's going to be the dominant sort of cheat code midfielder in MLS this year for SO5 purposes, the way Carlos Heal has been for a few years. It might still yeah. be Heal, to be honest. He had a great it might still play. be. But yep. Evander, Gall, those are guys that are kind of challenging for that title. And uh, Lucho Acosta. Yeah, yeah Lucho. Although Drew's he's a forward. Could have been right. Yeah, you know, the, I think the new Driussi cards are going to be midfielders, though, when they when they do the 23 release, because his position has changed to a midfielder on solar data. So there you something. go. So that that would be interesting. I'd still much rather have a forward card. Um, but another to. one, another one to kind of throw out there, Tiago Almada. He had another big game uh, Atlanta and Toronto uh, finishes one more. Finishes 1-1 at the Benz, uh, Almada. He probably won't last the summer. He'll probably be off to Europe when the summer transfer window opens. Yeah, it's pretty open, openly discussed already. Like hey, This dude's having this a season. Yeah. yeah, this dude's having a season. And even when he goes to Europe, depending on the situation, he might still end up being a cheat code. He's just – he's really good. And they kind of cut – I think the thing with Atlanta – they kind of cut a lot of that dead weight in the off season, right? Like they cut a lot of the big personalities. They cut, you know, a lot of the guys that did kind of the same things and they were great names on paper, but they didn't fit together. This team fits together so much better now. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Arujo had a bounce back game after missing the penalty in the first week. Amada was still doing his thing. Brooks Lennon was doing his thing and they have yep. a little bit of an identity. They, they come play Charlotte next weekend. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that'll be a really fun game to watch, uh, and definitely one where Charlotte is going to be at home is going to want to get off the uh, get off that zero spot. Uh, Noon it's a rivalry too. game. It's a rivalry yeah. game, though. So you know, it, it's the Kings of the I, South Derby, baby. You know, the, yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> that's what it's all about. I think that see, we're the Queen City. They call themselves Kings of the South, so we call this like the Southern Royalty Derby or something, some variation of that. There's no real official name, but we're working on it. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool, like the Southern Royalty, the the Royal Royal Cup or something, be sick. Yeah. Um, what about what about Toronto? Because Atlanta does only get the draw here, but from what I saw, I, I was just kind of watching three sixty, so just you know clips here and there. From what I saw, Atlanta was running Toronto ragged for most of the second half, and they got kind of hosed on one offside call in particular uh, that would have given them a two one lead. What about Toronto? Like this a terrible start for them, right? They lose to DC. Now they go on the road to DC. So maybe some saving grace there. They go on the road to Atlanta, get a point. That's not a bad result in and of itself, but just the way that they've been playing the defensive, you know, integrity is not there yet. Like the defensive shape is not there yet. And it may take some time for Sean John to kind of get these guys in line. But I mean, it's not, it's not a cohesive thing yet for Toronto. No, and I think I personally think that what we've seen from them so far is pretty much going to be the template all year, which is, you know, the Italians. Uh, Insignia wasn't in this game, but Bernadeschi scored a nice goal. The Italians will pay, make a nice tack. They'll leak a bunch of goals at the back. They'll probably lose uh, most more games than they win. And somehow freaking Michael Bradley will bang out 20 AA points and maybe get his foot on a, to a decisive one way or the other. This guy, like, he's the he's, – uh, he, He's like, he can't keep getting away with this all-star for me. Like, I don't know how he continues to do good scores. I know some, some of my really good friends are huge Michael Bradley SO5 evangelists. I can't get there. I really just don't like the kid. <laughs> I don't know why. Just something about something about it, man. I don't know. I probably should. He, you know, he's got a great service record with the U.S. men's national team and all that. But just something about the Bradleys, just uh, I'm not a fan. But more power to him. They, they proved me wrong. I, I'm the one that's in the wrong here. I can fully admit that. He was always the one for the U.S. team that, like, didn't really have the quote-unquote talent, but he was, like, the hard worker. He's, like, yeah. very old-school U.S. national team, right? Extreme. Like He's, yeah. he's like, the Alexi Lalas type guy that he's just going to uh, work his butt off and he doesn't have any talent. Like, but now we've got, like, players that he's kind of been – or at, at the time, players that he was holding out of the starting lineup, like, you know, McKenney and Adams and these guys that actually do have talent – um, and so I think a lot of people kind of turn on Well, they also turned on him for Trinidad. Um, yeah. but I feel like you know, a lot of people kind of turn on him because he was holding out some of these young, talented guys that they thought should get a shot. 
no no talent is a little harsh on on old mb i mean he's he's talented but i just i just think he used to be talented yeah he's he's 35 now like i don't know that i don't know that i want a 35 year old center midfielder whose real skill in life was that he would run all game like i uh i don't know i don't think that's i don't think that's the heart of the team we now have domestic evidence that the mls is a retirement league i guess in that sense so there you go yeah well toronto can't (laughs) win with him doing this so They've spent a lot of money and they still can't win. So maybe that's yeah, the problem. problem. It's just Michael Bradley. I don't think Hedge, I don't think much of Hedges also, to be honest. That, that everyone's like, oh, they got Matt Hedges, you know, that, that's gonna shore up their defensive line. I don't I didn't think so. I I'm, I'm not that impressed. I think Hedges is just a solid piece. I don't think he's anything outstanding, but like leadership-wise, he's really good. So he should have them organized. But you got to have some people in there that can actually make plays. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can't just sure. have like they've got Sean John, they've got Hedges, they've got Bradley. Like you got all these guys that are going to tell everybody else where to be. But then you know who are they actually telling where to be? Like there's just nobody on the field that has you know that speed and strength and and that kind of thing that needs that veteran leadership. If that makes sense. Let's, like, let's see what happens when Insignia comes back. I, yeah. I'll reserve judgment till then. And also they play two games on the road. So like, this is a very home road league. You know, you get a point on the road, especially in Atlanta, you feel good about that. Uh, Just the way that they're playing right now doesn't fill me with a ton of confidence. Yeah, they should have lost. Like they they got lucky. Oh yeah. Yeah. They should have lost this game. Um, Speaking of teams that should have lost this game, DC United did lose and they should have, because they got thrashed by Columbus in the first half. Didn't even bother to watch the second half. Um, it was two nil. It was two nil to Columbus, and it could have been much worse. They had chances, uh, kind of at both ends to some degree. DC did have a few chances in the first half, which was encouraging, but just the defensive discipline was not there. And it, you could really see how good Columbus is. Like Columbus, Columbus is going to be a problem for some teams. Like they don't really have too many weaknesses. Their defense isn't as you know, it's not great, but it's like it's serviceable. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I think Columbus had a, had a really nice day. Lucas Celerion had a really nice day. Um, right. From, and, and just kind of take care of business, beat the bad teams, you know, you know, it's a classic case of Lucas practicing off to the side all week, not involved, not a full participant in training, but then the coach like, well, he's fine. Don't worry about it. He, of course he comes out and just bangs and slaps and crushes it and does everything like we expect. So hopefully, hopefully see more But it. I've, I've been a, I've been a Zellerion guy for a long time in, in in this damn game. He's he's been one of my my staples of my club. I I bought him, I sold him, I bought him again because I missed having him and need him to do some big things for me this year. But, but this was a good start. Unfortunately, I put him in a lineup that had a big dud. It was an important lineup, but one of my guys dudded and didn't didn't win me anything, even with his ninety points. Unfortunately, did um th- does he fit into that kind of Ryan Gold, Carlos Heel like oh yeah oh yeah for you? On his best day, he's in the competition. He's in the conversation for sure. I would say I think that was yeah, he's a top that, five mid, Presto five easy, and and could argue top three or two. That was always the problem with him, right? Was that he was so inconsistent that sometimes he would just have bad games. He's been pretty yeah. consistent over the last over the last half of last year, and then you know so far to start this year, he's he's not really had a ton of those like real bad games that he's normally. I think matchups is has. big deal with him. I think he's very he's very mat like anyone is but he's especially matchup uh sensitive uh, you know going going at philadelphia last week what do you have he had like no points right he, he had like 36 37 yeah, 34 yeah. yeah even yeah exactly but at philadelphia he's not going to be able to do it but against dc united he's going to be able to do it uh you know totally different matchup there so yeah definitely everyone is everyone is matchup team. sensitive but i think some are more than others for sure especially yeah. at that level he he's like, a very Carlos like Hill, Carlos Hill could still get it done against Philadelphia right. at Philly if he had to. Right. But Zellerion is much more of like a plays up plays up and down as far as mm-hmm. the opponent goes. Um yeah, I, I think he's he's an interesting one to watch. Uh Kuju had an assist, so definitely good <coughs> yeah. for him uh to get him going this yeah, year. He was pretty good at AA also, right? Yeah. Amanda. I think Kucho had a really nice game as well. Um but yeah, just kind of you know, Columbus trucking along, take care of business, doing what they needed to do, get get back on the on the winning track here after after a after they played Philly pretty tough in the first half and then kind of fell apart in the second half, um, and then Philly goes down to Miami and gives up two you know kind of great goals, worldly goals, 
loses two nil in Miami. Um, is it time to uh, fire Jim Curtin? <laughs> I mean, uh, yet again, MLS home field advantage rears its ugly head. Philly looks unbeatable last week against Columbus at home, and then goes down and, and gets a little bit spanked by Miami. I only watched the first half of this game. I will say Miami, it's time to take a long look at Miami. As much as much yep. as they've been a punchline almost their entire existence since yep. they joined the league, I always say they're they're not a club, they're a brand. You know, Inter-Miami is just like a figment of David Beckham's imagination that he's trying to will into existence of being an actual club. And it's like they're finally getting there. Like they made the playoffs last year. They look really good to start this season. They seem one. The thing that I've noted is I think Rodolfo Pizarro is back finally, mm-hmm. like a guy that they have wasted two years on and getting almost nothing of him on a DP salary. And it's like he kind of like recommitted himself to the whole project of the club this offseason. Came back. Well, he was from, on loan, wasn't he? Yeah, he went on loan to yeah. Monterey. He probably tried to get a full time gig in Liga MX and he couldn't. Kind of came back to Miami at the start of uh, offseason camp this year, with, you know, a little bit. Humbled, you know, a little bit like a prodigal son, tail between his legs, had a rough go of it, but, you know, he was still rich. But now he, in these first two games, he's been really good. He had 20 AA points and an assist last night. Uh, the I assist think was uh, sketchy to be, yeah, to it be much nice. Assist. Yeah, hey, but we'll take it. You know, <laughs> he dribbled into four AA. people and the ball happened to fall to, to Jean, yeah. who, hit a, who hit a worldie. I will take <laughs> 20 AA all damn night. And, you know, oh, Jean, yeah. had a, Jean had a really nice goal. So what can I say? Miami yeah. looks legit. Obviously, it's a home win. Let's see what they do over the next three or four games. But there might be some some good stock in Miami. And I wonder if you're looking for a goalkeeper still, I, a guy that's impressed me and and I didn't I wasn't high on him before, but I kind of have to be high on him now is Drake Calendar. I mean, he looks my guy. Like he's doing the thing. You, I think you've been a calendar evangelist for a while, and I, I poo pooed it, but now I have to say I'm on I'm on board. So, since about August last year, the dude just makes saves and like. That, that was the thing in this game, right? I thought this was a fairly even game. I thought Philly was even maybe slightly better on the night. But Miami hits two World Eagles and beats Andre Blake. And Philadelphia got got uh, Drake Calendar. Like, he can do this. He can have these games where he just stands on his head and just absolutely shuts down teams that are better than his team, which Look is one reason now. why I, I, I do like Miami this year. What was that? Yeah, I, I agree with you on Miami for the long term. They look pretty solid. Look what happens when Daniel Gazdag doesn't get bailout penalties. You know, he's not he's not quite the same uh, force of nature that he was. He, I would not put him in the discussion of, of like cheat code MLS mids because even though his scores tend to be high, he's just like so decisive dependent. He always seems to get them, but it, that's got to dry up eventually. Same with Mukhtar. Yeah, who didn't start. Exactly. How, how about freaking Mukhtar starting on the bench after Coach played all these like little – you know, cutesy games with the media. He said, like, he was quoted on the midweek presser saying stuff like, you know, he's not questionable. Like, I, I know what's going to happen. And when you see the lineup, you'll know my decision. And it was like, kind of like, okay, well, that means he's good to go, right? He came in as a sub in the first game, looked okay. Again, started the game on the bench, came in at halftime, had a bat. He did not get it done this time. He had, he put up a 70 in 15 minutes in, in week one. I think he had like a, min- a 25 in 45 minutes this game. He's really bad. So what can you do? I, I mean, back. we're we're not seriously considering Hani Mukhtar as a bench player for Nashville, right? Like, he better not be. He was my prize for winning first place in America Rare Pro three weeks like, ago. Like, like, come on, man. Like, I, I mean, I need, I need Hani to be like MLS MVP again. I think, I think it's a workload issue. I think it's load management. That's that has to be it because he was working his way back from some preseason knocks. Right. I hope he starts next game. You you would you were hoping that from the last game though, and when he played right, fifteen minutes, I put it, you're like, captain. okay, he was now my captain he's... in in Champion America Rare for sure, right, right, and 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 looking at the formation that they played, right, where does he play? Like, who does does he does he replace Teal Bunbury and play striker? Like, I don't. They're playing a four four two, and I I mean I guess they I guess he played as like the second striker when they played a four four two before, so I guess it's possible. But he's not he's not starting over Dax McCarthy in the midfield. That doesn't make any sense. Like I it's just a weird they're not I really mean, playing Dax, a formation that fits Mukhtar, you know? Yeah, the, and he's their MVP. I mean, Dax, Dax is going to uh uh get hurt. Dax, Dax will miss some time at, at some point for yeah. sure. I'm not, well, I'm da- Dax was only playing because it was Red Bulls, and they he always <laughs> plays well against Red Bulls. Yeah, um, I, I thought Hanny, I mean, again, he didn't come, he didn't uh, he didn't start the match. 
I think in a in a uh, I think you would start him over Moyle. I, I don't think Moyle's a real starter. I think when Handy's ready to come back, I think you sub out Moyle. And even Schaffelberg could be subbed for sure. So I think I actually think Schaffelberg's one of their best players. Schaffelberg was great. He's, he's been one he's, as well. But. He's been very good on the wing from them, from what I've seen so far. He so well, he was he was the one who subbed out. He was the one who subbed out though for for Handy. This, uh, and, yeah, and, but I I don't Dax, think that Schaffelberg subbed a half so. Yeah, I I don't think that we'll see Schaffelberg sitting. I think he's a core starter at this point for this team. Um, talking about Red Bulls a little bit, they've they've kind of they've gotten off to an interesting start here, right? They they end up with a a nil nil draw with Nashville um, after uh, going for a one nothing loss to Orlando. Um, just there's just no firepower. There's no offensive punch to this team. Is that ever turning around? Like, do you see anybody on this team that's going to make a, a huge difference? Are you talking Nashville? No, no, Red Bulls. Oh, Red Bulls. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think when they get Van Zier going in, he only played 14 minutes uh, this week. I, th- I guess he's still sort of like getting used to, you know, how the team plays and then sort of working his way in the system. But he has to, he's someone who has to get going. I mean, new Red Bulls have famously, I would say, struck out on so many like big uh, striker acquisitions they brought in. Uh, who's the guy from last year that like completely just totally sucked and they got, they, they got rid of him. Uh, Klamala. Uh, Klamala. Yep. Thank you very much for that name. Yeah. Klamala. Brian White for a total, while. Total bust. Yeah. They couldn't make Brian White work. Tom Barlow start. Like there's still the Tom Barlow project enters like year seven of like trying to make it happen and it's not working. So I think once, once Van Zier gets going, he was a very prolific scorer, right? In the Belgian league uh, last couple of seasons. So I think he's going to be okay, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think much of Red Bulls though. I just hope they continue to start on Andres Reyes and that they're good in my book. So he, I, I kind of just assumed Red Bulls would be kind of in the playoff mix, but that's not, that's two bad results off the jump. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Not looking great. Yeah, we'll see how things go. Um, a nil nil a nil nil game in MLS is like is, is like a uh, it's, an insult, it's an insult to God, to be honest. Like yeah. we, we watch this league for goals. We don't watch for nil nil. So like come on. Speaking speaking of insults, let's talk about Jorge's team, Orlando, and how they had a nil nil with Cincinnati yeah. uh at home. Um kind of looking ahead a little bit to Definitely the Champions League. Ahead. They they rested a few guys. 100%. They uh, at halftime. They rested Ojeda. Like it was, it was a total. It was a total like get me over fastball uh, version of the game. But kind of felt like both of these teams were just okay with a draw, and neither one really wanted to put too much in. Like Cincinnati yep. goes and gets their road point. Orlando gets a point against a good team before a CCL game. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. Like, yeah, we're just both cool with a draw. Like, let's just not even play this game. Might as well just cancel it. That's exactly what happened. And then uh, there was one more nil-nil. The Rapids and Sporting KC played 90 dreary minutes of, of, yeah. uh, of soccer. So Yeah. Kind of Colorado. Yeah. Not a banner Colo- day for MLS. The best game of the day might have been LAFC and the Timbers, if, I, if I'm really thinking about it. It's this, I mean, maybe Austin, a- Montreal was nil-nil for 80-some minutes, too. Sheesh. So it was, it was not a lot of goals in the MLS this week. Um Let's let's talk uh let's talk some New England and Houston here before we get back to Austin and Montreal. Uh New England puts a beat down on Houston 3-0, just, just ran them right out of the park. Um expected? Is this is this kind of what you expected? 100%. I I Houston's bad, New England is quality and I I uh, even my cat seems to agree that uh, the Dynamo were in big trouble here. Yeah. This one and they they got Yeah. The- yeah, no, I I think a hundred percent. This was kind of what I was expecting. I'm actually pretty impressed with New England to start this season. Um, I don't think Houston is going to give up a ton of goals. Like three nil is kind of about as bad as it's going to get. And they do it on the road in a cold New England. So, I mean, I kind of, kind of just handshake that one. Like it's, it's about what I expected. I, I don't think anything really too in depth needs to be said about that one. Um, the one game that well, was... I, I just think Houston's bad. I would just underscore that you yeah. always, for SO5 purposes, Houston is one of the best matchups you guys can have, especially on offense. Uh, I really, if you can stack against Houston every week somehow, you'd be good. I would, well, maybe not stack. I would stack defense against Houston, to be honest. Like, I I could see them playing a lot of like 1 1 1 0, 2 0 type games where they're 
you know, either scratching out draws or like losing by one or two, but I don't, I don't see them losing like three, four, five nil very often. Um, so good for New England for, for getting that. Um, yeah, yeah the, definitely, the, uh, definitely stack your guys against Houston for sure. I mean, it, it was the Bobby Wood resurrection game, man. I mean, like that's, yeah. that's how bad things were. Like, He's like Bobby Woods out here getting a double decisive. U.S. national team, call up, eminent. <laughs> Bring him in. Bring he's, him back. He's the one we've been missing. He's yeah. the answer. Um, yeah, Talk, talking about games that didn't quite go as expected, um, Austin-Montreal was, was scoreless for about 80 minutes until uh, Austin finally got a breakthrough late on. Um, this game was mostly Austin in the first half. And then the second half was mostly Montreal. And then Maxi Rudy scored in the 88th minute to give Austin the one nil win. This is kind of my problem with Austin. If you watch this game, start to finish last year, this game would have been two, nothing, three, nothing at halftime would have been over. And Austin would have had all three points this year. They don't quite get as quote unquote lucky with the chances. Like they probably Hmm. should have scored maybe one, they don't score any this time. And now it's a nil-nil game against Montreal in the 85th minute. They do happen to pull out the goal at the end, which is great. But against better teams, that's not going to happen. So this is where my my issue with Austin comes in, right? When they start playing better teams and they start, they should be up, you know, two-nil at halftime and it's nil-nil. Better teams are either going to get points out of you, they're going to get the draw, or they're going to get their own winner. Um, so I, I'm concerned about Austin, honestly, from the way that this went from just the sheer unluckiness that they have experienced in the first two games. Uh, they've only scored, what, two goals? And they've played Montreal and St. Louis at home. And that's not a good start at all. Like, those should be the two worst teams in the MLS. You've played at home and you've got three points from that. I'm, I'm not... That doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. I don't know. Do you think anything... Do you think something different? Because you're an Austin guy. I mean, we know what happened against St. Louis. Nothing more needs to be said about Kip Keller. Hopefully he never plays again. Um, <laughs> hey, I got a lot of Kip Keller. <laughs> Hopefully St. Louis trades for him because he's really good for them. You know, SO5 wise, I think Austin's still a team you want to have uh, guys of uh, in your squad. I noted Alex Ring played a, a center back as a midfield card and did pretty well. Zan Kolmanich. Zan the man was back to his old self with uh, a, a huge AA score from the fullback position. And Driussi, the magic of Driussi is that on the days that he doesn't get a decisive, he just racks up AA. And then on the days when his AA is not happening, he always gets the bailout decisive. So he's just like 60 points every single time, put him in your lineup with the upside to get 80. So like, I don't know. I just I just think, and Stuber, Stuber's my favorite SO5 goalie in the league. It's not even close. So uh, I just think uh, Austin may, I think it's trendy to pit, to jump on Austin right now because you'd say, oh, they overachieved last year. Uh, they they've got to regress, but I think Austin's fine. They still have. Well, they got. We're the three seeing points. them regress, right? Like these games, they they would have crushed last year. Um, and and that's the other thing. Like you're talking about Zon Kolmanich, like Adam Lundfus is there now, and like at some point, is he going to get a shot? Um, and then I don't like Alex Ring as a center back. I think that's a. I mean, he did play well. But so five lies, I think that's a terrible move for him because he's not ever getting any decisives from back there. And you're not going to be able to really rack up those defensive stats like you do with the defender cards. So, I mean, I I mean, five I, interceptions, bro. That's the, the, the that's three. Yeah, points. that's Montreal, <laughs> though. That's what Montreal does. Like, that's Montreal system. I, I that's not going to happen against good teams. You know what I mean? Like that's Hernan Lozada. They're going to press forward and they're going to try passes like that. And he played a to to be fair, played a great game, right? Like he, he was a big part of the reason that they had a shutout of this game. Um, but that's not going to happen against good teams. So I think he's limited SO5 wise. If he stays at center back, they, they need to get uh Cascante back. How long yeah. is Cascante out for? At least a few more weeks. Yeah. They they need to yeah as the midfield as the midfield card he had eleven long passes to the opposition but got zero points because he's midfield card instead of defense so that's yeah. like ten more points right there right yeah I mean I just I I don't know I do love I obviously love Drewsy everybody should love Drewsy but um, Austin is a little worrying for me uh, Chicago gets a one one draw against New York City SC FC oh. in FC or an SC they NYC. are a, I think they're an FC they're they're NYC FC but um, the less said about these guys, the better. I, I I think they're just one of the worst teams in the league this year. Who, Chicago or New York? New York. 
I don't know. Santi Rodriguez is back. That helps for sure. And they got they is got James Sands is uh, back. Yeah, Sands Sands is back also. So yeah, like they're Maybe they're it's a starting hard to, say to get one of the worst. But th- those are a few nice pieces. I still I still think they got to figure out the back end. Right, the defense is always going to be a big question. And can Barraza hold up? Is Freeze going to be the answer there long term? Uh, mm-hmm. And then can they find a center back that can do anything? Because Tiago Martins has not had great games so far. If I was relying on Barraza as a goalkeeper every single week in my SO5 lineups, I would be looking to sell him ASAP and get a, a more stable goalie. Because I think you can't keep Freeze on the bench behind this guy when he's just really not performing all that great. How much is Barraza? Would you rather have Barraza or William Yarborough? Because they're about the same price. Mm, definitely neither. Yarborough, Yarborough, nice, obviously 100-point score, the highest-scoring goalie in the world in, in so rare this year, this week. Um, good for him, but that was because he was just absolutely pummeled and pelted and making <laughs> like all kinds of saves that are going to be tough to keep going. And Illich, they didn't they didn't bring in Marco Illich over here for nothing. So, like, eventually Illich is going to get his shot, and it's just – a a situation you don't want any part of like you don't want to you don't want to be in these goalkeeper battles i would say the same thing i've like been big on pablo cisniega for charlotte fc i told people you know the last month or so buy him buy him buy him he's way too cheap for a starter but even he like doesn't come with much security and i would say if you've been relying on him for that first couple of weeks you know try to move off of him and get into a little more stable situation if you can like i personally as a charlotte fan believe that pablo is going to uh, continue to be the starter even when Christian Kalina comes back because I think Pablo's played really well. But it's just that I don't know, I don't have any verification of that. I don't have any like real inside proof or anything. It's just my gut feel. And that can be tough to like depend on your lineup to, to just go on a gut feel. So yeah. go get a Stuber. I, you know, I think that's that's Bond. the problem. That's the problem, right? With I don't even like Jonathan Bond. Like we can talk about the Galaxy in a bit. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just talking about guys that are locked in with no competition. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like Jonathan Bond is one of those guys that reminds me of like a Jimmy Maurer that like isn't really all that good. And at any point, the Galaxy could decide, oh, yeah, we need a goalkeeper to actually play this game. Um, But yeah, I I don't like the hard thing is all of these guys that are like half starters, they're all half the price of of like the real starters, like the guys that you want to go get. So if you do want to go and upgrade to them, you know, you have to you have to put in some. You have to like make sales other places, which sure. can be tough. Sure. I'm, so I'm like, not saying uh, it's easy. I'm just saying, I'm just saying for some of these guys, just you need to be looking at it every day to determine your timing and your exit point. Like you need to be walking. Yeah. Like, if I'm relying on Barraza, I'm like searching Google News every single day for like Barraza freeze, just like trying to be ahead of like every any any angle that might develop there. That's all. Yeah. And I don't think Barraza's I don't know. I don't think he's been great so far. Um, other story here. Chicago did not start Chris Brady. They went with Spencer Ritchie. Uh, Brady's still a little bit injured. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I don't think Ritchie had a great game, um, but I don't think he was bad either. So we'll have to see how that how that kind of shapes out. Chicago Just and New York. Heartbreaker for, for people that have been relying on Chris Brady had him, you know, a month ago, the conventional wisdom was like Brady is like the best under 23 goalkeeper in America division that you can have. And now he's like, yeah. well, I don't think that's changed. I think he's just hurt. So once he comes back, I, I'm, I still have him in my team as, I mean, I didn't start him this week. Cause I figured I kind of read the tea leaves and figured that he wasn't going to play. Um, and actually weirdly the comment that Ezra Hendrickson made this week kind of like made me feel better about Chris Brady. Cause there's always that, like, you know, uh, Thomas Assault thing where like he gets hurt and he comes back and the other guy's just it's so good. We can't take him out type of thing. Mm-hmm. And Ezra, Ezra said something to the effect of, um, you know, it's an open competition and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens when everybody comes, which on the face of it, you're like, okay, if they've got Chris Brady, that that's a bad comment, right? Like that's not a good thing. Um, but having, then I was like, okay, well, if Chris Brady is hurt, and Richie's going to get the start. And then you're saying, well, we'll see what happens whenever everybody's available, basically. You know, that actually makes me think, okay, Chris Brady probably is top of mind, if that makes sense. Like, I, I weirdly, it just, in my mind, just made me feel better about the fact that Chris Brady would probably be the starter once he got back. Um, and I don't think anything really changed with that the one downside to uh chris brady not starting this game is i had to go out and buy another u23 goalkeeper 
um, because my other one, Mamadashvili, was playing Barca, and I hated that matchup. So I went out and bought uh, Nicholas Adele, who put up 10 points in my U23 team, which is one of the reasons we're not getting a reward there. So thank you, Nicholas Adele. You're now on the hate list. Can we start a hate list for the show after last week? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We might Nicholas have to. That was great. Is going on the hate list for sure after after that one. But yeah, I, I weirdly actually feel pretty okay about Chris Brady. Um, let's talk Dallas. We're talking about U23. Uh, Dallas looked like the Dallas that I kind of expect, right? Running, gunning, and putting up a ton of goals with all these young kids. Uh, and they kind of ran over the LA Galaxy a little bit. Uh, they get the 3-1 win. You talked about Jonathan Bond as, as a safe goalkeeper. He's only safe because there's no real competition behind him, but that could change at any time, which is one of the things that I'm scared of uh, with Jonathan Bond. I don't think this is a good defense at all, uh, and I don't think that the LA Galaxy are going to be great. Uh, Martin Pius had a really good save on Ricky Pooch, and I don't – did Pooch have the decisive in this one? Did he get a goal or an assist? Ricky Pooch? Uh, no, he did not. Let me check because I was too depressed after Charlotte no. to, uh, he had a, he had a 13 AA, which look is at that box not score, bad, but... not bad. Yeah, but, Yobel, uh, Yobel, I think, didn't they get, didn't they score first also? Didn't they have what they lost? They had a one nil lead and lost three, one, just like the crown. It sucks. Uh, yeah, they, Yobel had scored in the 35th of Velasco right before halftime and then Ferreira twice in the second half. Um, Eesh. so yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, it was an interesting one. Jalen Neal got got a chance, which was good. 65th minute, he he came in for Leardam. Um, but yeah, I I just I don't see it with the Galaxy. I don't see what everybody's what everybody's talking about. I don't see them as huge favorites. I they're a borderline playoff team for me. Um, I do like their midfield. Yeah. I do like their midfield. Well, I they just they have no no defense. Like Chris Mavinga is in the back. Raheem Edwards, Kevin Leardam, and Caceres. Like, Caceres is not bad, but you get my point. Those other three guys were all, like, average sure. MLS defenders, like, five years ago. Yeah, like, I agree. They're not this stopping anything. Fair. And Jonathan Bond is okay, but he's not, like, standing on his head ever. Um, I believe he was the first MLS goalkeeper to ever score 100 in, in the old Sora Matrix when he had about 11. I think he has the record for most saves in a game, right? Oh, that's interesting. Um, he, speaking of saves, Martin Pies, Mar- Martin Pies had a great save on Ricky Pooch, and it was like fingertips, and like Ricky Pooch could not believe that that didn't go in. Um, so I caught that. I, I didn't watch a ton of this game, but I did catch that yeah, part. Ju- June June 21, Jonathan Bond, 12 saves to keep the home winning streak alive. That's ridiculous. The guy's got some talent. I'm Would Yarborough have 11 last night? Something like that? I think so, yeah. Crazy. That's how you score 100 points. Yeah. <laughs> Old system or new system? You got <laughs> right. to save like 10, 10 shots, keep shut out. Mm-hmm. Easy enough. Um, all right, so that's Dallas. Uh, Dallas, you know, do we think Dallas is good? Do we? What, what do we think of Dallas? I think Dallas is great. and It, it seems like the perfect time to segue into our whole uh, – changed our mind um, list that we kind of wanted to talk about, which is like the three things. How'd you frame it? The three things I believe now that I didn't believe two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 For me, one of them would be Dallas as serious contenders. I, I did not think Dallas was going to contend, but they, they, they didn't, they're not two and oh, but I still like what they brought to the table that they really like, they just have like Ferreira, like Velasco and Ferreira are working together. Now they've had a whole like half season together last year, working together now. You saw what happened in that second half. Jesus Ferrer basically just took the game over. And I just – I think Dallas is my team to watch for the next few weeks because I think they could uh, rise to the top of the table in the West. You, you sure. weren't you weren't concerned about the one nothing loss to Minnesota at home with no Reynoso? I'm a little concerned for sure. But I just think the way they beat the Galaxy just really impressed me. I, I, I really mm-hmm. liked everything I saw. What can I say? Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I always thought Dallas was – Maybe it's because like I was too high on the four. galaxy. It's possible I was too high on the galaxy preseason. Yeah, like I just I think this is more an indictment on the galaxy. Honestly, like my opinion of Dallas is about the same, maybe a little lower. But I think I think just the galaxy are just not as good as everyone thinks. I think Ricky Pooch is amazing. I think their midfield is good and their defense is terrible and their forwards are okay. Like Dejan Jovalich is good, but not great. So I mean we'll see. We'll see how things go. So what's what's one of your um, what's on your list? 
So starting off uh, in a game that we didn't we didn't get to yet, um, but one of my bold predictions is Seattle will win the MLS this year. Wow, this team is ridiculous. Like they just watching them, they play completely differently to any other team in the league. They look like LAFC in 2019. Like the the understanding between them on the counterattack is just absurd. And they're just, they're making runs and like laying the ball off so consistently. And right now the passes are very crisp and clean and they look like they're, they're mad. Like they look like they're out for blood this year. Uh, And I could absolutely see them just steamrolling everybody and kind of, kind of playing LAFC from last year. Because, I mean, I don't see a ton of weakness on this team. Like, the defense is pretty good. The midfield is great. And the forwards, Bear has been really good for Seattle. Yeah. Even with no Rui Diaz, they actually aren't falling off a whole lot, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Brian Schmetzer Orchestra on a revenge tour for sure. They uh, are doing their thing. Morris looks great. I sold Morris in the preseason because I thought, I don't, I don't need Jordan Morris. I, can, I, I was looking for some ease. Probably should have on to him. He's been scoring insane the first couple weeks. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen with this team with Javier Yaga. That's that's my big question with Seattle right now. Maybe because I'm a card holder, but looks like he's out of favor now. Jackson Reagan preferred at center back. I wonder if they will keep Ariaga for depth or if they will try to send him. It seems like they could probably sell him. I think he's he's kind of uh, he's not well loved <laughs> by the Sounder faithful. I would have to say. Um, yeah based on social media posts that he made that offended a lot of people and just the fact that he's kind of a hothead and makes the big, you know, he's a good player, but makes the big mistake. So right. I think, I think Reagan probably has settled in taking that spot. If you look yep. Reagan and Yamar, but basically locked it down on the back line, knew who's doing, you know, knew who's getting better and better. It's crazy how young knew who is, right. He's still only yeah. 24, 25 years old. Yeah. He, he someday I could see him leaving MLS someday to a bit, to a bigger league. So. I mean, look at yeah, look Seattle. At, Seattle's and, firing on all cylinders, but and this is it, this it, is it, the thing with Seattle, right? They are not in Champions League, so they don't have to worry about a ton of depth. Mm-hmm. But they have a ton of depth. You mentioned Ariaga. Obed Vargas hasn't played yet. They have um, Leva. Danny Leva. They have um, the other ba- Baker one, Whiting. One, um, that's not who I was thinking of, but they do have Baker Whiting. Uh, like Leo, Leo Chu, Chu probably, can't crack Chu, can't yeah. crack the lineup. Like mm-hmm. they've Raul Ruiz Diaz has played like ten minutes this year. Right, he's been uh, hurt. Like, he'll probably start over Hey Bear eventually. But yeah, then Hay, oh, then for Hay sure. Bear is like super sub for sure. Exactly, and that's what I that's what I mean. Like Hey Bear is so much better than Will Bruin at that role. And I mean, I I don't want to overreact to two home wins against Colorado and Salt Lake, like two teams that I don't have a, a ton of respect for their talent, but like. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, like that team just looks like they're gonna steamroll some people. I I really yeah. want to see Seattle play some like play like LAFC, play Philly, play you know somebody really good, and just get a good read on like on how this team is gonna look this year because they just dominated the first two games. So yeah, that's, sure. that's one. I, I finally did something good in SO five, which was Savarino, the forward for Real Salt Lake. He's like a lock. He I almost always put him in like one of my main lineups. But I was like. At Seattle, I just don't think he's going to do it. So I, I kind of put him in a way lower priority lineup, and he he only came back with like one point for thirty six total. Just rough day. At yeah. Seattle is going to be a tough matchup for almost anybody in this case. In yeah, this for sure. Play your matchups, people. At Seattle, at LAFC, at St. Louis. Don't start them. Don't start your guys there. At St. Louis, give me a break. <laughs> you're now you're going to piss me off. <laughs> Uh, the la- the only other game we didn't talk about was San Jose Vancouver. We'll talk about that real quick before we get to our other two uh, bold predictions. Um, San Jose two one win comeback win over Vancouver. This was an interesting game. Like these two teams, like both played pretty well. I was kind of impressed with both teams in the midfield. Whereas the um, the Charlotte St Louis game felt like more of like a very physical game. Like both teams were kind of flying in. There wasn't a ton of space. Like this was a lot more like technical. There was a lot more space. There was, it was more up and down uh, and just less, you know, not that it wasn't physical, but just, there was just less like crazy tackles and fouls that were stopping the game every few minutes. Um, and San Jose, like San Jose looks really good. Again, again, defense um, don't know that they have the defense to compete, but right now a is on fire. Jackson Ewell's a decent piece. Jamiro Montero's a decent piece. Christian Espinosa's great. Cade Cowell's looking good. 
They've got some depth. A capo came in off the bench. He looked pretty good. He had he had a decent goal. Um, they've got um, Kikanovic on the bench as well. Like they've they've got some decent depth pieces uh, that they kind of work with. Uh, you go to Atlanta and you had them kind of by the throat, and then you beat Vancouver. Although I don't know, it was quite as impressive as you would have wanted to beat Vancouver. Um, but I, I'm still not. San Jose was one of my preseason teams that I loved. Um, so they're not in my bold predictions, but I, I'm still still on board so far with, uh, with San Jose. Did you watch this game at all? No, I didn't get to watch this one, but I'll probably rewatch it sometime this week on Apple Season Plus, um, Season Pass. I do think it's basically boils down to home field advantage one the day in a, in a battle between mm-hmm. two not so great teams. But shout out, you know, San Jose did almost pull it off in Atlanta. They look better here. So maybe they're a little better than I gave them credit for at first, but. Still questions abound about them. A lot of the talents you identified are not bad. Remember Jackson Yule was on uh, Zardis Fan Club's hate list famously last week on our last week episode. That was pretty funny. Yeah. He, he, he delivered. Jackson Yule had like 20 points. Um, AA. I don't know. I just think. He always does. He's always he's kinda, so consistently a 50. It's insane. Yeah, he really is. It kind of leads me to my other, um, one of my other bold predictions, which is just that, uh, Gauld, as much as I was thinking he is probably a uh, one of those cheat code midfield cards for the season for MLS, I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to be the case anymore because I'm starting to question, like, even if you're a really good player, can you really rise above on just a team that's as bad as Vancouver? I'm, I'm not 100% sure. They they lost to at home to Real Salt Lake in week one, you know, in kind of a collapsed fashion. So we'll have to see. Gauld hasn't really delivered the results so far this year, but He's going to have his good games. I'm not saying he's worthless, but I do think as, as I feel like I dodged a bullet because I almost bought it. I almost had a big spend on a Ryan Gold super rare uh, this off season when it was being auctioned, like a, like a three weeks before the season started. And then like the market completely collapsed right after almost days after that auction, I, I didn't pull the trigger and I'm kind of glad I did. So, so gold kind of reminds me of Lucho Acosta two years ago, right on a Cincinnati okay. team. That was the worst team in the league. And he was like, Lucho was, not elite, right? He wasn't like 65 to 70, but he was putting up like high fifties pretty much every week. The problem was nobody was finishing his assists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, is that going to hurt him a little bit? Yeah, probably. But like his AA score is still really good. I'd say he's probably, Gold's probably going to average about 60 this year, maybe like high 50, 60, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think he gets to like mid sixties, which I think is what I would consider like elite. You know, yeah. Um, so I, I, I could see that. I, could, I could see. What do you think? Do you think Cordova will eventually supplant Brian White as first choice striker? Yes. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Brian White is terrible. <laughs> there you go. Terrible. And and Cordova actually might be that guy that like puts away those assists and mm-hmm. gets Brian White into that mid sixties conversation. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree there. Um, also, Julian Gressel is so good. Like, I, yeah. why did we trade him? I'm so yeah. mad. Like he was all over the place and his passes are just pinpoint. And to be fair, like I've watched a lot of Julian Gressel. He's got games where he looks like just one of the best players in the world. And mm-hmm. then he's his other games where he's just very bad. Like he's got some games where the radar is just off. Um, sure. So like it, it can happen, but man, like why did we, why is our whole entire offense crossing the ball to Benteke and you trade away the best crosser in the MLS? Like that's just wild to me. Um, all right. Bold prediction number two. Uh, you you went with your your kind of more negative one, so I'll go with my negative one here in the second spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colorado will finish last in the Western Conference. Wow, I am hard selling Colorado after the first two weeks. I think Robin Frazier is the first coach to get fired, and I just I don't know. I, I don't think this is it. I don't think this is team. I don't think there's a bounce back coming, uh, which is obviously if you guys have listened to this podcast, uh, kind of a big departure for me. Like I was always a, a little bit of a Colorado, like, you know, closet fan. And I don't, I don't think this is the team. Like I've just watched two games now and they have looked terrible in the first two games. And I don't think Kansas city is great. But man, at home against Kansas City, and you get three huge chances and can't finish any of them. Like the starting lineup for the for the Rapids, right? Like 
Darren Yappy, I'm excited about. So I want I want him to do well and I want him to mm-hmm. like grow into the league, but he's yeah, still he's like good. 17. He's still 17. Like he's not there yet. And mm-hmm. you've got Sam Nicholson, Michael Barrios, Cole Bassett's okay. Preso has had a really rough first two games from what I've yeah, seen. I think he's been an early summer, um, right? This the the Ronan guy, uh, who was supposedly a pretty big signing. I haven't been overly impressed with him. Um, Maxo, I haven't been overly impressed with him. Lawless Abubakar has fallen off the face of the earth. He's mm-hmm. terrible now. Like he's he gave away goals to Seattle, and I was just like, what are we doing? Keegan Rosenberry is the best player in the world. Um, but like <laughs> there's just this is not an MLS lineup, right? Like you, you've got Max on the bench who could be good, but isn't. You've got Kevin Cabral on the bench who could be good, but isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Price doesn't even make the bench today because he's Jack Price. Um, yeah, he's had I, minor. I, I think Jack Price has got a. I'm not saying that Jack Price will never be good again, but man, it's it's not looking great for him. Uh, I thought I, I thought you know I could write off one bad season because you were injured, you had your back injury, you come back the next season and you're back to being your normal self. If you're just gonna stay hurt this whole time, and he is the key to what Colorado does, if you're just gonna stay hurt this whole time, this just ain't gonna work. Like I, I could see Colorado already quitting in day one against Seattle. They were quitting down like three nil in Seattle. Uh, and it's just not, it's not a good look. So that's one of my, one of my uh, bold predictions. That was probably the most negative one that we have. Uh, what's your last one? So my last one, I have to give credit where credit's due. Who uh, it's kind of like a, the, the mirror image of the uh, uh, previous take, because this, the big surprise in this in this ongoing conversation that I, I don't know if I'm having this with the community or if I'm just having it with myself, but I'm constantly at thinking, like, who are the best mids? Yeah, maybe it's because I, my own mids are struggling. But that's, like, the weakest part of my collection right now. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm thinking, like, who are these mids to get? And it's really unfortunate that I didn't get this guy when he uh, was signed last year by St. Louis, and that's Edvard Lewin. I mean, or Leuven. I'm not sure. If, I think it's Leuven. So Leuven is just a beast. Like this guy crushes yeah. it. He's on PKs. He's on sets. Uh, he he's a little bit of a shit houser, which sometimes that at least you know as annoying as that can be, it kind of helps you get AA points at times. Uh, just just really doing it all for St. Louis, and I do think St. Louis will regress, and I do think that they uh, are not as good as as being top of the table. You know, six points clear, top of the table. You know, but it's good for them for having their great start. They're going to find some tougher, choppier waters, I'm sure, as the season goes on. Yeah. But Leuven, yeah. I just really like him. Uh, he's just he's just got a really good game for the SO5 Matrix. And I would encourage uh, anyone to, to pick him up if you can get a good deal at this point. It's probably too late. I certainly feel it's too late for me to add him. But uh, I'll be fading him every week and hoping he finally, he has bad games. So he, he scares me not owning him at this point. Um... Check the game logs. He's, he's doing pretty amazing. Like, yes, to some degree. <laughs> Is he going to score more than 20 AA points in a game? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that he has, like, legit 90-plus upside. He scored, 20, he's, he scored 20 He scored twenty in two games. He scored 20 he scored, against Boston. He scored 20 and 22. Four. Is he going to score more than that? I don't oh. know. I don't. Like that's a 55. That's Jackson Yule, right? We're talking about Jackson Yule, except that he has a goal and an assist in the two games this year. The goal is on a penalty. So yes, he's on penalties, which is good. Right. But that's he good. also right, but he also scored from a penalty. So it's not like he's actively taking shots. Um I don't know that you really want to rely on I it's too early to tell for me, right? I, I don't think. I don't think I'm putting him anywhere near like Carlos Heel territory or even like Ryan Gold territory because those guys can throw up 40, 50 AA any given day. I, I need to see more. Like a great start for him to be sure. And I think he's a great player. And I, I like he's he's fit in well with St. Louis, but I'm not ready to throw him into that elite category. I don't think yet. Um, and I think I that's am. I am for sure part, part of part of on the field yes i think he's elite in so five i don't know i i have to see more um but you you mentioned that you think st louis has some rockier times coming and i 100 percent agree with that uh two of the luckiest games i think i've maybe ever seen in my life and the my concerns from the preseason are still valid if this doesn't work 
you have no room to make any moves over the summer. So you're putting all your eggs in one basket. And so far you've got three goals in, in back-to-back games. That's great. But two of them have been the other team just turned around and passed you the ball one-on-one with the goalkeeper. So is that going to continue to happen every single week? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I haven't seen elite defending from St. Louis. I haven't seen elite midfield play from St. Louis. And I haven't really seen elite forward play from St. Louis. So I am for being six points. Like that's great. Moving forward though. I still think I'm starting everybody who plays against St. Louis, especially everybody who plays against St. Louis at home. Like, you know, as St. Louis is the road team. Like I, I still think that's one of the best matchups in the league. For me, the best matchups in the league are still Houston uh, Chicago, St. Louis, Colorado, um, probably DC. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the best matchups. You know, I feel that's you. who I'm starting my guys against. So we'll you. see, see how that goes. Um, let's see. I've got one more. My last one. It's a bit of a positive one. Keep let's end and on this, a positive note. And and this is kind of contingent, right? Sort of, sort of, because it's contingent on something that I think will happen. Okay. Um. Miami will host a playoff game is my last bold prediction. And it was not something that I would have thought before the season. I would have said, I don't know if this team can work. I don't know if they have the talent. I've seen them play two really good games, granted, both at home, but one of them against a team that I consider to be really, really good. Um, now, again, I think Philadelphia probably was the slightly better team. Um, and being on the road, that means I think Miami is not quite as good as Philadelphia. Um, but I've seen Pizarro take a step forward. I've seen something from Quarantine John. John Mote is good. Gregory's good. I've seen yeah. Drake Callender stand on his head. And if you throw a number 10 um, who is a small Argentinian man who has just won the World Cup, if you throw him into this lineup, watch out. Watch out, yeah. Watch, watch out. out. I mean, this this is the makings of a very good team. And it is starting to look more and more like like small Argentinian player that shall not be named will be in Miami at, at the beginning of this summer. And if that happens, this could be a good team. Every day we get closer. Every day we get closer. Every day we get closer and closer to Messi joining MLS. It's crazy to think about that, but it seems to be true for sure. Should we just both move to Miami and just go watch all the games that they play? No, I, the I like the parties. I like to go out. I like the beach, but I some I don't think I don't think me and Miami are are, are a fit. I, I, this is, the town's a little too crazy for me, from by reputation at least. So too crazy for your reputation oh, no wow. the reputation of miami no the reputation oh. of Miami. yeah i've never been like, there, like, just like yeah yeah i'm sure i could go have a good time i'm not sure if i want to move there that's all yeah oh my gosh yeah i think it'll be fun i think it'll be fun to see if it happens maybe when it happens um i think this could be a really fun eastern conference and i would definitely want to go see like i, I need to check their schedule and see who they play in the uh in the back end of the season because our games will be mostly over the summer. So I'll maybe be able to travel a little bit on the back end of the season. So that would be like one a on the list. If he ends up being anywhere close to me. Um, But yeah, I think think that's one a on a lot of people's list for sure. Yeah. And I I think that's, and like, I wouldn't have said that just from them adding him. Um, I would have, I I am only saying that because I've seen them actually put some things together this season um, that I don't think they put together before. So the first two games have been very impressive. Yes, they get two wins. Um, That Again, doesn't necessarily mean that you've put things together. I don't think St. Louis has put things together. (laughs) Um, But I I, I like what I'm seeing so far down in in Miami. So we'll see if they can, if they can continue it. Um, any other, uh, any other things that you want to bring up here before we wrap things up? No, nah, man, just hoping, hoping my results get better. I, I need to do better scouting, building lineups. Maybe I need to start earlier. One thing I will say is, um, I maybe have been a little bit of hubris kind of trying to prioritize the tougher divisions in terms of all-star and whatnot. Probably need to just reset my focus, make sure I'm uh, getting my best lineups in those cap two forties because, uh, ETH goes a long way. Prices are down. If you get some ETH, it can, you can spend it uh, in good ways. So I, I need to start yeah. focusing on uh, win those thresholds a little more than I have the first two weeks. 
And as it turns out, you actually can win cards there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is exactly. Fun. Yeah, I feel like exactly. if you just go off and you go nuts, like mm-hmm. uh, you can actually win cards of higher divisions, which is kind of crazy for a threshold league. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been heavily prioritized. So my priorities have been U23 because that's what I put my most focus and my most resources behind. It's having a really good U23 lineup each week. Uh, after U23, then I go the all the 240 competitions. And then I go all the 220 competitions because you because I don't have a ton of goalkeepers. So being able to play goalkeeper from lower scarcity mm-hmm. uh, helps to just kind of extend the lineups a little bit. Uh, and then I just it's just kind of free for all from there. So <laughs> 270 is fun, too, because you get the 50 percent captain bonus. So if you can get that guy that's going to throw 100 out there, you can you can do a lot of damage with 150 points from one player. So Most definitely. Uh, a lot of fun. Um before we go here next week, Atlanta is uh, is coming to town. Can you give us a yeah. prediction on how that goes? Charlotte wins two one. Charlotte wins two one. Yep. Who scores? Copetti, Santos, Almada. Love it. You love to see it. For more tripping thoughts on Charlotte versus Atlanta, <laughs> check out the Charlotte FC podcast. I don't know yeah, what's it called. The Charlotte Soccer Show at For the Crown Baby. If you if you want me, there you my, go. Uh, uh, it comes with more cursing, more alcohol, less fantasy talk, and, uh, <laughs> you know, just heaps and heaps of attitude for sure, especially the salty episode going out this week, no doubt. Yeah, it's it's the reputation of that show has no place in Miami, that's for sure. <laughs> um, exactly. Cool. Well, enjoy enjoy the show. Enjoy enjoy your show there, uh, there Chirpin. We will uh, see you guys next week. 